All right, well, let's turn to Psalm 130, Psalm 130. And, you know, why I was, you know, thinking about Christmas coming up and thinking about uh, uh, gifts, you know, I was trying to think, you know, what's the, what's the greatest gift we can receive? What's the greatest gift we can receive? And uh, what's the greatest gift we can give to somebody else? Or what's, what, what's a great gift we can give to somebody else? And what's a great gift uh, that we can receive? Uh, anybody want to try and give that in one word? Somebody say that. Okay, Jesus, right? That's all-encompassing. Uh, let's see, narrow it. Narrow, that's, you're right, but uh, narrow it down a little bit. Uh, pardon me? Salvation. All right, yep. Jesus, salvation, of course, good stuff, but you know, some might say hope, amen? Hope's a great thing to have. Hope's a great thing to have. We get, uh, God gives us hope. <laughs> That's a great thing to have. Uh, uh, joy, right? Amen. Joy's a, joy's a great thing to have. Aren't you glad you got some uh, joy? You know, we're singing this song, joy to the world, amen? Joy's a great thing to have. Of course, uh, peace, amen? <laughs> Everybody wants peace. We want, we want the world to have the the gift of peace, but of course we know that's going to take the Prince of Peace, and then of course love. Amen. Everybody, everybody wants to be uh, a love. These are these are good things, but uh, the thing that I thought of was forgiveness. Forgiveness, and I want to talk a little bit about that uh, this morning. You know, forgiveness is a great thing to receive, and it's a great gift to give out. Forgiveness is a great gift to give out. Uh, you know. Uh, being a forgiver, man, that's a, that's a great thing, especially if you're a little kid. I don't know. Uh, I remember when I was a, 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 about third, I think, this the other day, even turned nine. I remember when I was nine, third grade, I had a little, I had a friend, John Fox. Never forget him. He and I used to fight all the time, man. If one of us didn't end up with a bloody nose, we didn't have a good day. And uh, I was reading about, ah, precious memories. But uh, I was reading about these two boys, you know, they, uh, Bobby and John, they got, in a, they got in a fight and they got mad at each other, went home and said they're never going to talk to each other again. Well, you know, uh, the next day Johnny gets up and he's getting ready and getting ready to walk out the door and says, says where are you going, Johnny? He says, I'm going over to Bobby's house. He says, well, I, I thought you guys were mad at each other. You're never going to talk to him again. He says, well, you know, me and Bobby are good forgivers. <laughs> me and Bobby are good forgivers. And so that's how it's supposed to be, right? Might have a little something, but be a good forgiver. And then uh, you heard about the, the, the little girl, uh, you know, they asked her if she said, well, do you know what forgiveness is? She said, oh, yeah, forgiveness is the odor that flowers make when they're trampled upon. Sort of a good thought there, huh? The, the odor that flowers make when they're trampled upon. So that's a, that's a good thought, you know, when you're trampled upon, right? Uh, you know, what, uh, what do you give forth? That's a pretty good uh, thought, pretty good question to ask. Well, let's look here in Psalm 130. We'll read all eight verses. It says this, Psalm 130, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Verse 3, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Good question. But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. What a wonderful psalm. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we do thank you, Lord, uh, for that night so divine, that night that you came into the world and your message was heralded uh, by the shepherds. Amen. And the angels uh, sang out unto you, a Savior is born. And we're so glad that when you came into the world, you were already king. You were uh, already the high priest. You were already the lamb. Uh, Lord, you were everything that you've always been and always will be. And we're thankful for that. And Lord, we're glad that we can celebrate your birthday. Lord, we know the world messes us up, but listen, we're just glad that they have to acknowledge that you were born. They have to acknowledge the day that the world became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten Son of God. And so we're thankful for that. Lord, I pray you'd bless uh, uh, these uh, during this time of year. Lord, there's many uh, sick among us and uh, uh, just a lot going on. But Lord, we trust you. Lord, we rest and abide in your faithfulness. And so, Lord, I pray that you would encourage each one that's listening right now and that's home. Dear God, help them. And those that are here, dear God, and encourage them. Lord, we look to you. Our eyes are upon thee, the author and finisher of our faith, dear God. We ask you to give us some help uh, through thy spirit and through thy word and help us to pray for one another and be there for one another, encourage each other along the way. Lord, we pray. Uh, Lord, as we think about forgiveness, if there's somebody here, somebody listening that has not yet had their sins forgiven, that needs to be saved, we pray that your Holy Spirit and Word would work in their life today, and today they'd get that gift of forgiveness. Or perhaps uh, there's somebody that needs to give forgiveness uh, to somebody. Lord, I pray you touch their heart concerning that as well. So, Lord, thank you for your Word to teach us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, uh, uh, this uh, psalm is uh, uh, about Hezekiah. It's a, it's a psalm of Hezekiah, and here he pours out his heart before God for his sins and the sins of uh, the nation. And uh, again, in verse 4, he says, But there is forgiveness with thee. And boy, that's an exciting thing to think about, amen? The gift of forgiveness. You know, I mentioned hope, joy, peace, love. And again, all these things are good things. Hey, we want it, amen? I'm glad I've got hope, amen? Uh, listen, everything going on, I'm glad I can look past all this. We talked about that recently, and I can know, hey, at the end of this thing, there's hope, amen? Aren't you glad you cheated and read the end of the book, amen? We know how it ends, so we have hope. We've got joy. Hey, despite everything going on, I can say there's joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Amen. I hope you can say that this morning. There's joy, joy, joy down in your heart. And you know what? If the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Amen. That's what I say about it. All right. I still like that song. And of course, I've got peace. Amen. Peace like a river in my soul. And of course, I'm glad I know the love of God. But we need to realize there's no hope without forgiveness. Right? There's no joy without forgiveness. There's no peace without forgiveness. There's no love without forgiveness. Now, of course, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you already. Of course, if you're not saved, God does love you. Right? God loves you already. It's just that we can't appreciate it until we receive the gift of forgiveness. Hey, I'm glad that while I was uh, without strength, when I was out there in the world, that, hey, I was 22 when I got saved. I'm glad that every day of those 22 years that God loved me and had mercy on me and he provided a way of salvation. But I tell you, I didn't appreciate it until May 19, 1987, when I received the gift of salvation, when I received the gift of forgiveness. Boy, that's when I understood about his love and all those things that uh, it provides. Yeah, so when I received the gift of forgiveness, that opened my heart to everything 
else. So verse 4 again says, but there is forgiveness with thee. So what a wonderful truth. This verse proclaims, but, you know, I often wonder, you know, do most believers understand and appreciate the gift of forgiveness that we have? Well, I think that's a good uh, gift to focus on at this time of year. I know I've talked about forgiveness before, but as we look at it as a gift, well, let's start off in verses one and two, which say this out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Boy, uh, we understand and people need to understand the only place to find relief from sin, the only place, amen, is God. Boy, if you're going to ever know true forgiveness, if you're ever going to know true relief from the burden of sin, you're going to have to get to God. Well, I, I love that uh, uh, how many people have seen the, the, the movie, um, The Pilgrim's Progress? Boy, if you've never seen it, did, did you see the cartoon or the old classic movie? Both? Yeah, I love the, the one from like Scotland or Ireland, wherever it is, where, he, where he's coming through and, you know, and he's, he's, he's going, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, right? And he's fleeing the city of destruction, right? And then Pliable comes up, right? Remember Pliable comes up? Wait for me, Christian, wait for me. A little sissy, right? <laughs> wait for me. Yeah, but that's a great story. He's in the city of destruction. He carries all through the story. He carries that burden, man. Well, if you haven't seen that, you need to, need to see that. He, he knew where he was headed. He knew where he needed to get to to get rid of that burden. Amen. I'm glad, amen, there's a place to go to. Hey, you've got the burden of sin. You still carrying that burden of sin. I'm glad that we can tell people, hey, there's a place to go to. Cry out unto the Lord. Boy, that's the best thing you can do today. If you need forgiveness, is to cry out like Hezekiah did. Says, yeah, I, I cried from the depths, amen. Boy, you need to realize how deep, amen, sin has gotten you and what a mess you're in. If you're still in your sin, you're in a mess this morning. You're in a deep, dark place. And the best thing you do is cry to the Lord. Boy, uh, uh, Lord, hear my voice. Man, that's boy that I got to say, man. I wanted him to hear me, amen. I wasn't there just to, oh, well, you know, uh, give me a prayer to pray. Oh, no. Uh -uh. Listen, hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with helping somebody along in a prayer, but let me tell you, boy, if a person ever really gets under conviction, if a person really undersees, sees themselves face-to-face, -face, amen, with the consequences of sin, and then face-to-face -face with a holy God, hey, listen, it's, gotta, it's not going to take much prompting, amen, to want to get them to pray, to want to get them to cry out to God. Well, that, that night, boy, when, when I finally understood, thank God for uh, Terrence Denefield and Mike Mayo, who knocked on my door that night, and and gave me the gospel, boy, once I understood, listen, it didn't take much prompting for me to cry out to God. And boy, I pray if you realize you need, you'll cry out today. And because it, it's notice what it says in verse three, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who would stand? Think about, boy, if you, now, don't, now, now, no, don't think about all oh, the last, the sins you've committed all through life, but hey, think about maybe some things you've done in the last week and the last month. Would you want to have to answer for that? Would you want to have to answer for that in your own merit? Would you have to want to uh, find a, uh, uh, a way to deal with those sins in your own power? I'd say not. If the Lord should mark iniquity, if the Lord said, well, hey, listen, you know, I paid for all those, but you're going to have to deal with these yourself. How would you, boy, what would you do about that this morning if the Lord should mark iniquities? Boy, how could anyone stand? Mark means to pay close attention to, to keep an eye on. 
Boy, if the Lord, man, if the Lord uh, came up and said, listen, uh, uh, listen, you need to answer for that. You need to answer uh, for that uh, right now, boy, on your own. You're going to have to deal with that on your own. Who could stand who could stand before God in their own power? Who could stand before God in their own merit if they had to answer for their own sin? Let me give you an example how what would happen. Uh, Revelation 6 gives an example of those, amen, uh, 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 that, that, that God is marking their sin and they, ha- they can't stand before God. Boy, the, uh, Revelation 6 gives a picture of the wrath of God being poured out. Let me give some verses to show you uh, 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 what it's like to have to stand before God in your sin. Revelation 6, 15, uh, verse through verse 17 says, And the kings of the earth, look at these kings. Hey, listen, kings and the great men and the rich men and the chief. Oh, listen, don't envy these people. Don't, and when you, when you look at, you know, uh, the Forbes 400 or whatever, you know, I, I, I look at that magazine, it's just interesting. I read, I read some of that stuff, but don't, don't envy the people. That's why the Bible says, fret not because of evildoers. They're going to give an account one day. The more they have, the more they're going to answer for. And look what happens to them if they don't accept Jesus Christ. The kings of the earth, the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Boy, they were hiding from God. They were hiding. They could not stand before God. Verse 16, and set in the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. Look at this statement. And from the wrath of the lamb. I just thought that's an amazing statement. You know, uh, 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 a lamb, you know, uh, I, I like watching them uh, videos about wild animals. Man, I just love when those lions, I let them, man, take out those animals and all that stuff. And I just, I, you know, I just like all that blood and uh, 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 gut stuff, you know, uh, I, you know, to me, that's just uh, fun stuff, you know, real life out there. But, you know, I don't I've never watched a video of a lamb attacking. Right. Man, oh, nobody's ever. I mean, you got to see this video, man. This lamb is wild, man. I mean, it just, it. I mean, it just takes that. It just takes that cougar right out. It's like, uh, unbelievable. I've never. You haven't had to see it. Yeah, no, no. I've watched a few lambs, and they look gentle and sweet. Hey, but listen, uh, there's a there's a lamb up there, and you, when when you're on the grace side of this thing, boy, he's a tender lamb. He's a gentle lamb. He's a precious lamb. Amen. That shed his blood to take away your sin. But but listen. One day that lamb, amen, one day, like I talked about that, 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 that door uh, there in Africa, you know, the door of return, one day it's going to be the door for no return. And on that side, when that, when that door shuts, that lamb all of a sudden is going to pour out his wrath and people are going to have to answer for their sin. It says in verse 17, for the great day of his wrath is come. And this makes a statement, and who shall be able to stand? Who shall be able to stand? Just like it says in this verse. O Lord, if thou should mark iniquity, who shall stand before God? Listen, these kings couldn't stand before God in their own might. These rich men, boy, they couldn't buy something that would help them out. Amen. None of their riches could help them out. And listen, friend, if you're here and you're not saved, you do not want to have to stand before God in your own power, in your own merit, and answer for your sin. But thank God. Amen. For verse 4, there is forgiveness with thee. Amen. Thank God there's forgiveness with a holy and mighty God. There is forgiveness uh, with uh, the Lamb. 
Why? That thou mayest be feared. So praise God, there is a place. There is a source of forgiveness. Amen? There is a source of forgiveness. And so God delights to give people forgiveness. He delights, amen, to take away your sin. And we need to realize, speaking of forgiveness, let me mention a few things about. The Bible shows us there are at least three aspects, at least three different aspects of forgiveness. Uh, The Bible shows us one, the legal aspect of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a judicial release from the guilt and punishment of sin. Think about that. Uh, just like, you know, uh, 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 in, in the court system, somebody has to answer uh, for their actions. Well, hey, uh, uh, in, the Bible teaches we have to answer for our actions. But, hey, when we're forgiven, we are released from the, the judicial aspect, amen, from the guilt and punishment of sin, which is death. The Bible clearly says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. And when God forgiveness, amen, we are released, in that aspect, not only are we released from the legal aspect, we're released from the ethical aspect. Forgiveness is a release from the terribleness of sin that affects our conscience. Amen. When we, we sin, right? Well, we have a guilty conscience. I don't know. You ever had a guilty conscience? <laughs> I have to admit, I, there's times in life where I've had a guilty conscience. Uh, listen, I look back at some of the things I did. Woo! I deserve to have a guilty conscience. Just like old Christian going through there, right? With that burden. He had a, why did he want to flee the city of destruction? Why did he want to get to the place where he could get that burden? Because, amen, his conscience was weighing on him. His conscience was weighing on him. And boy, that's what we want. People that need to be saved, we want their conscience to weigh on them. Right. We want the Holy Spirit to uh, a heavy burden of conviction to fall upon them that the, 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 the wickedness of their sin would weigh upon their conscience. Uh, but thank God when we get forgiven. Amen. All right. All that is taken away and God uh, releases us from the terribleness of sin affecting our conscience. And of course, our desires change, right? We no longer desire the things that we used to. Amen. Uh, thank God. Uh, when I got saved and the word of God began to work in my life, I began to think different and talk different and have a desire to act different. And then there's that personal aspect. Thank God for the personal aspect of forgiveness. Forgiveness halts. God's intended wrath upon the sinner. Well, we just saw here the wrath of the lamb. And people don't realize, you know, let me just say this for a moment. Does God love sinners? Yes. But sometimes we so emphasize the love of God, we forget the other side. If you, you know, everybody knows John uh, uh, 3, everybody likes the book of John. There's some good things in the book of John. But people need to realize, you know what else it says in John? That those that aren't saved, the wrath of God abideth on them. Now you have the love of God. If you're not saved, the love of God reaches out to you. Sure. But you need to realize you also have the wrath of God hanging over your head as a lost person. The wrath of God is hanging over your head. But thank God, the moment you get forgiveness, the moment you receive God's gift of forgiveness, that halts God's intended wrath upon the sinner. Forgiveness delivers us from the future punishment of sin. So think about that. Uh, The legal aspect, right? Uh, 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 d- delivers us, 
Amen. Uh, from paying for what we've done uh, up to that point, uh, uh, the ethical aspect, it relieves our conscience. And then uh, personally, amen, the wrath of God no longer abides in us. We don't have to fear that future punishment. So think about this. Because of our legal, the legal aspect of forgiveness, one can have a clear slate. Amen. I've been forgiven. I've got a clean, I've got a clean slate by the grace of God. Hey, what sins are you talking about? Uh, uh, the song says, I've got a clear slate. Because of the ethical aspect of forgiveness, one can have a clear conscience. Hey, think about that. I look back, if I think about the things I did uh, in my past, you know, uh, back then I had a, I, I have a reason to feel guilty. But because I know that I've been forgiven, because I know what Jesus Christ did on my behalf, I know that my sins have been washed away in the blood. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm not glad that I did those things. I still don't, you know, I'm not happy. I wish I would have never done those things. But you know what? I can stand here today with a clear conscience by the grace of God, because I know that he has released me from those things. I know that he's forgiven me from those things. And even though uh, people still might be able to mention those things, I don't have to feel guilty about them. Amen. Not because of me, but because of the blood and grace of God that's been bestowed upon my life. And then personally, because we no longer fear God's judgment personally, amen, I know that I have a clear future. I don't have to worry about the future that one day, amen, I'm going to run into God again and he's going to remind me of all the things that I've done, all the sins that I've committed. So you know what? My, uh, my pa our past... So our past, our present, and our future carry no burden. Amen? I don't have to look at my past and have a burden about that. Amen? Even though, uh, uh, even though today I'm not perfect and I might steal things I shouldn't do, listen, I don't have to carry a, a burden about that. Amen? Uh, the Lord uh, helps with that, and then I don't have to fear the future. So hey, my past, present, and future are clear because of forgiveness by the grace of God. We are forgiven and delivered from the commanding power of sin and from the condemnation of sin. We are forgiven. Be given. I like this verse. It says, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. You see, when I got saved, God put a proper fear of God in my heart. I live my life. I try to live my life with a proper fear of God. I'm not scared of God, but you know what uh, 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 forgiveness did? You know what that did when it, when, it, when it took away my sin and the Holy Spirit came in? The fear of God in my life. You know what that includes? It includes a hatred of evil. Right. Uh, uh, when you have a proper understanding of what Christ has done in you, when you have a proper understanding of the fear of God, it should make you hate. You want to hate sin and to shew evil. You want to hate sin. Boy, when I do do something I shouldn't do, if I do sin, if I do a, a, a stupid boy, I want immediate conviction. I want to immediately, God to deal with me immediately, amen, and get that thing right. So the fear of God includes a hatred of evil and a reverential awe and trust in God. Trust in God. That's what 
Forgiveness, amen, has done uh, some of the things forgiveness has done for me. Uh, moving along here, he says, that's why he says, listen, uh, verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. Look at this. In his word do I hope. Amen. I've got hope now. My soul waiteth for the Lord. May that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Amen. I, now I can patient. I don't fear the Lord. I delight to be in the presence of the Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for there is mercy. Amen. Now I can enjoy hope. Now I can enjoy mercy. Why? Because with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Amen. I have, I've been redeemed. I've been enjoying God's redemption. I have forgiveness. And you see, redeem, that word means to pay the necessary price. Amen. That's what Christ did. A price had to be paid for our sin. And Christ paid the necessary price. Calvary. Calvary is the price of forgiveness. That's what you see. When you look at Calvary, people who understand, when they look at Calvary, they see the awfulness of sin and they see the price of sin. Calvary is the price of forgiveness. Calvary, amen, what Jesus Christ went through is the price of forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22 clearly says, without the shedding of blood, is no remission. Remission means to release one's sins from the sinner. That's what forgiveness is, amen? How do you know you've been forgiven? Because you've been released, amen, from your sin. And the consequences, through his blood, redemption, that means to let go free. You've been set free, amen, for a ransom, and Christ paid that ransom. Here's another good definition. It's the recalling of captives, that's sinners, from captivity. Amen? We were in captivity. We were a slave to sin. But through the payment of Christ's blood, amen, the payment of a ransom has been paid on our behalf. Let me give you some good verses. Ephesians 1.6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. How? We've been forgiven. We are now accepted in the beloved, of course, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. How? In whom? Jesus Christ. We have redemption. How? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. That was the price of our forgiveness. That was the price that purchased the gift of forgiveness, the blood of Jesus Christ, according to the riches by his grace. By his grace, amen, he shed his blood. By his grace, he paid the price so that we could have forgiveness. I love this verse. 1 John 2.12 says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you, like this, for his namesake. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. Another good verse, Romans 4, 7, 8, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Hey, listen, despite everything going on, you can say today, I'm blessed. Amen. I am blessed. Why? Because I have been forgiven, the Bible says. My iniquities have been forgiven. My sins have been covered. Hey, I don't care what's going on in this world. Hey, you are blessed today because you have been forgiven. You don't have to answer for your sin. Amen. You don't have to carry a guilty conscience. You don't have to fear the future because you have been forgiven given by the grace of God. That's why it goes on and uses that word again in verse 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. 
And that's a wonderful thing to understand. We know the word impute, amen? Uh, that's a banker's term. It means to put to the account of. So think about that. Not only do you not have to answer for your sins that you have committed, but every time another one shows up, amen, uh, uh, that doesn't go into your account. You don't have to answer for that. It says this, uh, forgiven, that means to let go from the obligation. We are, no under, we are no longer under an obligation to pay a debt we cannot pay, right? We know that song, I pay, uh, right? He, he paid a debt I could not pay. We cannot pay that debt. But an impute means to put to the account of. Uh, of course, a good illustration of this is with uh, Philemon, right? Paul gives a good example of that when he helped out uh, there in, in, the, in, the book of, in the book of Philemon, where it says this, verse 18 of Philemon, If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee up, put that on my account. That's, I, I can see Jesus Christ using those exact same words to the Father. Amen? Jesus Christ using those exact same words to the Father. He says, Father... Amen? Uh, you, yeah, I know, Adam. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But we're, 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 we're praying for him. Amen? But if he does anything, I just want you to know, put that on my account. Even, of course, with Christ doing it, it's even better because Christ's resources are unlimited. Christ's resources are eternal. So here's the great thing. All, all the benefits... Amen. That come from God. Go to your account. All the blessings go to your account. Amen. Uh, all the forgiveness, all the hope, all the joy, all the peace, all the love, all the grace, all the mercy. Boy, when that comes across, amen. God says, oh, yeah, put that on their account. Put that on that. Put that hope on their account. Put that joy on their account. Put that peace on their account. Amen. Put that love on their account. Put that grace on their account. Put that mercy account. Oh, we got something bad coming down the pike. We got some sin coming down the pike. Oh, he says, oh, take that. Put that on my account. Put that on my account. Boy, so he sort of, he said, as, you, as your actions, as things come through for you, amen, he says, mercy, grace, his account. Sin, my account. Lying, my account. Doing this, put that on my account. I've paid for that. I've paid for that. I've forgiven them. For that, so what a wonderful thing. All the benefits go to your account. Any bills that come in go to his account. Boy, wouldn't, wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to have a, a friend like that? Every time money came in, they said, oh, put that in his account. Oh, we got a bill here. Oh, put that on my account. I'll take care of that. That's the way you need to think of it. Boy, could we all use a friend like that? Amen. That when the money came in, it went to our account. When the bills came in, he said, uh, go ahead and put that on my account. I'll take care of that for them. Well, that was what the Lord is doing for us. Amen. All the blessings to your account. Amen. All the negatives to his account. He paid the price for them. Amen. Uh, these, we all know these wonderful verses. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as, this is one of my wife's favorite verses. As far as the east is from the west. Why? Because she's from the far east and I'm from the west. That's, why she, that's really why she likes that verse, right? Because she's from the far east. And so that, that's why every time she reads that, that verse, she said, man, he brought me all the way from the far east. Amen. As far as I am from my parents. Boy, that's, I don't want to get her thinking about that. I'll get in trouble. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. And we all know, amen, once you head east, you can only go east. Once you head west, you can only go west. As far as that, he's removed our transgressions. Isaiah 38, 17. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. What a God of grace. And then, of course, uh, one of my favorite verses, Hebrews 10, 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That's forgiveness. 
That's forgiveness. I know every time I mention this verse, I, I say it, but it's worth saying again. Amen? He didn't forgive them. He made a conscious decision. Amen? I choose to not remember, amen, Beverly McLean's sins anymore. He made that conscious decision. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Well, I'm glad he made that on my behalf. He made that conscious decision. Don't you wish some other people would make a conscious decision about those things? Amen. But, hey, I'm glad he made that conscious decision not to remember them no more. As we finish up, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of forgiveness. What a wonderful gift to meditate on this time of year. The gift of forgiveness. What a wonderful gift we have been given when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And, you know, not only is it a wonderful gift. Now, of course, we can't do it to the degree that the Lord has, but we can do it to the best of our ability as he enables us. But what a wonderful gift we've been given, but a wonderful gift we can give. So, man, what I'm thinking about, oh, what do I want to get this person? What do I want to get that person? What you're going around thinking about what you might want to get this person? As you, when you think about what you might want to get that person, can you think of anybody, oh, you know what they need this year? They need the gift of forgiveness. That's what they need. They need the gift of forgiveness. Christ's work at Calvary, again, Christ's work at Calvary is the basis of our forgiveness. Hey, how could God forgive you all that stuff? I know some of the things you've done. How can he forgive you? How can he forgive you? Oh, look to Calvary. That's how. Look to Calvary. That's how he can forgive me. How can you forgive them? How can you forgive them? Calvary. Calvary. You see, Christ's work at Calvary is the basis of our forgiveness, and Christ's work at Calvary should be the basis of our forgiving others. Very clear in Ephesians 4.32. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God hath forgiven you. I skipped something, didn't I? What's the matter words? For Christ's sake. Why? How? How can? Well, I, I guarantee you, whew, some of my friends look, they said, how in the world did God forgive you? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I look at some things people have done to me and I said, yep, I've forgiven them. How'd you do that? Amen. The same way God forgave me for Christ's sake. How many of you deserved forgiveness? Anybody here deserve forgiveness? Huh? Huh? When you say, boy, they got what they deserved, I guarantee you they weren't talking about forgiveness. I guess they weren't talking about salvation when they talked about you getting what you deserve. Well, they don't deserve. Well, that's why it's for Christ's sake. That's why it's for Christ's sake. Hath forgiven you. You see, as sinners, we can't look at Calvary and not see our need for forgiveness. How can we look at Calvary? How can anyone... Look at Calvary and not see their need of forgiveness because Calvary is the result of your sin. The reason there's a Calvary is because you were born a sinner. That's why there's a Calvary. You want to know why Jesus died? You want to know why he took all that suffering? You want to know why he was born in the manger? Go look in the mirror. I'll tell you exactly. You have a question, you can answer it yourself. Go look in the mirror and you'll know why Christ came to the earth. And you'll know why he suffered. And you know why he shed his blood. And you know why he, he did the things he did. Because God so loved you. You want the answers to all those deep questions? Just go look in the mirror. For God, 
For God, that is a thrice holy God. The Bible says, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. God is holy. And for a thrice holy God to offer forgiveness, for him to be able to do that, he must look at Calvary. Because, because again, Calvary fulfills the desires of love, but it also meets the demands of holiness. The demands, it fulfilled the desires of love and it met the demands of holiness. And so he looks at Calvary and he says, I can forgive and I will forgive. So as believers, so as sinners, how can we look to Calvary and not see our need for forgiveness when we know that's because of our sin? And then God, a holy God, he gives us forgiveness by looking at Calvary. And then we as believers, as believers, how can we look at Calvary and keep anything in our heart against anyone else. How can we look at Calvary and keep anything in our heart against anyone else? Calvary gives us what we need to forgive others. It gave God what he needed to forgive us. And then it gives us what we need to be able to forgive others. So I ask you in closing, friend, do you need the gift of forgiveness from the Lord today. Do you need the gift of forgiveness? Boy, the great gift of forgiveness. If you're not yet saved, today you can receive the great gift of forgiveness, amen, from God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then I ask you, do you need to give the gift of forgiveness today? Boys, you're checking your list. Wow, we want to get this and let's get that. Do you look anybody on that list and say, you know what they need? I need to give them this year. I need to give them the gift of the gift of forgiveness. I need to give them the gift of forgiveness. And then, do you need to ask someone for the gift of forgiveness? Maybe, maybe you're saved, and uh, 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 maybe you've done something against somebody. So today, maybe you need to. Hey, maybe you've got the gift of forgiveness from God. Amen. But maybe you need to. There's somebody you've wronged, and maybe you need to go to them and ask the gift of forgiveness today. Well, again, Calvary is the price for sin. Therefore, Calvary is the place for forgiveness. So again, if you need the gift of forgiveness from God, come to Calvary. If you need to give somebody the gift of forgiveness and you're having a tough time doing it, come to Calvary. Or if you need forgiveness uh, from somebody else, amen, uh, come to Calvary and say, Lord, please help them to forgive me. But oh, thank God. Amen. I just want to thank God this year as I think about Christmas and I think about all the gifts out there. Amen. I want to thank God for the gift of forgiveness that he gave me. I want to thank him for the ability to forgive others. And I want to thank him for uh, uh, helping other people to forgive me for things that I've done against them. So let us be thankful among the many things for the gift of forgiveness.